Welcome to Cinebabble episode 64. I am your host, Ken, and as always, I am joined by Clint, who is fresh off of being a roadie for real band, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. <laughs> Clint, I hear you went to a show last night for King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. How was that? Oh, it was a delightful time, Ken. Um, I, I did want to bring this up because I wanted to get on my old man soapbox for oh, a second. okay. Okay. Well, first, yeah. this, this is an Australian band. This is legit. This is not a joke. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Yeah, Look yeah. them up, listen to them. Yeah, they're it's great. Australian they, band. They put about six albums out a year. Um, they are, six a year? They are very prolific. Okay. And they're all kind of different genres, and um, but it always works kind of in their same sound. It's very interesting that they pull off what they do. Okay. Um, is this like Australian folk war, or is this... <laughs> no, it's like psychedelic, <laughs> okay. like rock. Okay. Like, gets real heavy at times. It's real, like, chill at times. It's it's cool. Okay. Um, but so my wife got me these movie, these uh, these concert tickets, um, the Christmas before COVID, and we all know what happened with COVID. The, I'm behind. What happened? Oh, oh there was a global Co- pandemic. COVID. Yeah. Co-co-co-co-co-co-co. I'm very COVID. Oh, okay. This is like when you're really pro video. Mm-hmm. Like you're part so of these are these are like <laughs> long overdue tickets. Yes, and it's been rescheduled like four or five times throughout like the past three years, mm-hmm. and finally they were able to come. So okay, imagine that like all these concert goers like this has been postponed, and there so you go and you're excited, and probably a lot of them are like me driving a, a, like an hour and a half to see this thing. You're um. And uh, so you're just you're pumped up for it, right, right? What do you do when you get there? Opening act, you talk through the entire thing. <laughs> How do you talk over a live band to the point where you can't hear the live band? Like, why that's, do you do that? Uh, that's that's a talent. Yeah. Uh, wow. No, and I I never understand that with anything. I don't understand. We've talked about that before. People that come to a movie, like, why go somewhere where you have to pay to get in? Yeah, you're paying forty five dollars for these to sit there and do tickets. what you can do for free. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Go, go somewhere else. Just go to a diner and order coffee and and talk. And yeah. then it's only like 60 cents. And like even if you're not there for the opening act, I'm sure somebody is. Sure. Like and maybe just listen and maybe you'll find a new favorite band. Maybe. Once upon a time, King Gizzard was an opening act. Right. I'm sure. And I cannot look, get over that name. <laughs> it's a fantastic Love name. It. King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard. Yeah. Fun to say. You would think it would be a tongue twister, but it just rolls right off. King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard. (laughs) Man. But it was a good show. Yeah, it was good. It was very stressful getting reintroduced to society in some way. because this is your first official, other than going to a movie here or there. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of your first foray back into Being in a giant room filled with people, like shoulder to shoulder. And like braving the uh, highway system near DC, uh, yeah, it was it was an adventure for us. I went to Boston with my wife. She had a, a business conference, uh-huh. and so I got to you know just hotel live for three days. But her company <laughs> put her up in a nice hotel, so oh. that was not a problem. Um, but I did my first solo dinner where I just she had a business dinner. Yeah. I just went downstairs. The hotel actually had an amazing restaurant. Uh-huh. That even if it was around here, I'd go just for that restaurant. So I go down, and I was super nervous because this is my first time I've ever just pathetically gone and sat in a— Like, how often do you do that just, nor- like, normally, like, before COVID or anything? No, I don't. Yeah. But I, this is a very crowded—it's it's a very good hotel. It's, right. it's a very crowded restaurant, 
And still, even though we've reintroduced and forced ourselves back into the real world, there are these built-in sort of mm-hmm. just uh, tensions and and stresses anytime I'm in a room with a lot of people. I know. And I have to force myself through it. Yeah. Solo dinner, by the way, delightful. Really? Much like a solo movie. Uh-huh. Remember when you used to talk me into that and yeah. finally I did it? I'm like, oh, this is this is not bad at all. This is a, I sat there. I had dinner. I took my time, uh, you know, just looking on my phone, mm-hmm. took a phone call or two. No big deal. Nobody in the restaurant knew me or I don't care if they thought I was pathetic. It was nice. <laughs> you just get like your whiskey on the rocks. You're like, yeah, yeah. just like sitting there, like swirling it around, like yep. a man about town. Exactly. Yeah. But I did, uh, well, not exactly on the whiskey. I know. That <laughs> it was, I was more being... of an unsweet tea yeah. with some sweetener. You were just <laughs> pretending. like, Yeah. 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 Uh, but I did get to watch. Tons of things because you're holed up in a hotel for three days. And, yeah. You know, I just I, – I ended up using either the TV, the laptop, or my phone, sometimes all three <laughs> if a movie was particularly questionable. But uh, – You're uh, just like the NSA, like tracking things, but it's just like – Three movies mo- at yeah. once. I'm like, I'm going to make this what you watch in the most what you watch in that's ever what you watch. All three Clint. new Halloween movies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Dear yeah. God, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, Clint, in this very special Halloween episode, uh, what you've been watching this week? Oh, man, I've been keeping it spooktacular, Ken. Oh, yeah. I love it. Me too. Uh, I've been watching solely horror movies and um, things in that genre. Like, I was binging this. um, BuzzFeed did this uh, supernatural investigation show, like that. Uh, like six seasons of that where they would go ghost hunting (laughs) these two delightful uh, millennial kids doing it and um you never sound older until (laughs) you've said even though he's too delightful millennial i mean i am a millennial i'm very on on but it's it's um (laughs) the first one i watched was also kind of nostalgic because they went to the queen mary and Mm -hmm. we did that ghost tour yeah some of us remember that Uh, yes i I do you were somewhere else mentally Yeah. yeah But anyway, that's been got me into the uh, the Halloween season. Nice. Um, and but the first thing I really wanted to talk about was one of the movie. This is this was a movie I was not familiar with at all, and I think I had passed the you know the the little image for it like on multiple streaming sites, and I always was like, curious about it, but I was not sure like. Um, if it was worth my time. Mm-hmm. And I finally like looked up the trailer and this movie is called Possum. Oh, I've read things about Possum. I've, Go on. Yes. I, I told you about this movie yeah. after I watched it and I was very clear that I do not think you should watch this. Yeah. yeah. Um, not because I don't think you would think it was a quality film, but because like me, I, I don't have you have a very strong feeling about things that have to do with inanimate objects that move. Yep. I don't like it. You it should it. not be filmed. It <laughs> might be real. Yes. And anyway, this has to do with that. So I'm just going to read the synopsis for this real quick. Um, okay. After returning to his childhood home, a disgraced child, a children's puppeteer, is forced to confront his wicked nope. stepfather nope. and the secrets that have tortured his entire life. Nope. I'm done. So, I don't even want to hear about this movie. <laughs> 
This movie is by um, Matthew Holness. Mm -hmm. And if you are familiar with Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, which is a delightful British um, comedy movie, a comedy show that's kind of about like this Stephen King kind of um, he's he the writer. And they, it's about this show that's based on his work, and it's mm-hmm. it's a comedy show, and it's it's very tongue in cheek. It's making fun of kind of the horror genre in a in a way that's like also embrace like it loves it. You can tell it really loves like Stephen King and everything, but it's it's taking the wind out of it. And anyway, he plays Garth Marenghi, and he's a delightful comedic actor. And he made this movie, which is one of the most terrifying movies I've seen. Like really, like that's that's all the so the articles I've read don't really describe the movie at all. They just describe and, how. And I'm not. I don't want to describe it because, like, yeah. if you want to watch this movie, like, I don't watch the trailer. Like, the trailer does a relatively good job of not showing you anything. Mm-hmm. And um, but the thing with this, the the main scare of this is, I'm just gonna say, is this character's pop, puppet, <laughs> and. It does a really good job of not showing it. And then once it does show it, it is not less frightening. Yeah. Like ever in the movie, it did not frighten me less. It made it worse. Mm-hmm. And everything it does with it is worse. And and even like besides that, like it's it's done in this very kind of um throwback 70s style, mm-hmm. but not in the way where it's trying to completely replicate it. It's just really like kind of honoring that feel mm-hmm. of one of those movies. And it, it's, it's a very well done movie, even re, like regardless of the, the scare ta- yeah. like aspect of it. But I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I thought it was fantastic. And any movie that can really get under my skin like that, I'm so happy. Well, Clint, you might have just sold me because... <laughs> I would love to watch I, this with you. Oh, I don't know about that. It's even worse when somebody's <laughs> would, in the room. But I would maybe, love to see you squirm. Maybe. Let's watch this together. I, I think Halloween is coming, and I, I need what you're describing. I think you will, you will hate it, okay. but you will respect it, I think. Okay. Because of the, That's, like, there is a level of, like, high creativity to oh. what they're doing. Well, and those are always my favorite horror movies. Just those where you hate what it's doing to you and it's so effective, but you completely respect what it's been able to pull off. Yeah. Even if it's even if it's one like I'm never going to watch that again. But right. That was an amazing ride. Yeah. Sort of thing. And I'll say it's a slow burn, but like definitely okay. in that style of like this like 70s almost drama, but it's also got a great um, sense of horror to it. Okay. So yeah, that's the first thing I want to recommend. So the first thing I want to talk about is actually a one-two punch I took to the gut. Uh And uh, the the first punch, uh, the left hook was Old Man. And uh, this is this new horror movie you may have seen pop up as an early access. It was it was only like six bucks. It's an indie flick uh-huh. with Stephen Lang, uh, and he plays yet another old man that's okay. having a possible home invasion, mm-hmm. uh, similar to his other series. Uh, was that Don't Breathe? Uh huh. Um, but this one feels like a really bad stage play. Okay, it, it's you know two characters in a room for an hour and a half, but it is so teeth gratingly overacted mm-hmm. and overwritten and overshot and just it's it's been in the oven way too long mm-hmm. and it really wants to be scary and it really wants to be disturbing and catch you by surprise it's not a surprise it's it's uh it's it's the most 
uh, domestic horror movie I've ever Uh. seen. It just, (laughs) it sits there. Yeah. Ugh. I I wouldn't recommend it, but if you're a big big Stephen Lang fan, maybe go for it. The the right side of the one-two punch uh, was this movie called The Cellar. And Mm -hmm. I've been circling The Cellar. It's on uh, Shudder. Okay. And it had a pretty good trailer. And really the only one that you would recognize is Elisha Cuthbert, who I don't think I've seen her in Mm. quite a few years in a movie. And she's looking old. And she plays, you know, this aging mother who she has two kids and her daughter goes down into the basement of this new house and disappears. Okay. Weird. Uh, There is about 60% of this movie that is just all cylinders. Mm. I'm digging it. It's doing some really kind of dimension, almost kind of event horizon. Oh, okay. Something in this house is leading to hell mm-hmm. sort of thing. Uh, and I, I really liked it. It's one of the first horror movies that uh, has made math a part <laughs> uh-huh. of, uh, other than like pie. It had yeah, that yeah. kind of pie feel. But then the other 40% of the movie, uh, we'll just call Old Man 2. Mm-hmm. And it's where they have to visualize whatever, you know, the the climactic moments are. And the minute they start visualizing this mm-hmm. stuff, it just, it it falls right off the rails. And it just gets, it, it, it's the opposite. You said in Possum, yeah. you know, when you finally see it, it only intensifies things. This, when you start seeing stuff, and it's, it's everything that you see. Yeah. It just, it really starts to show its its ragged edges. Mm-hmm. Um, that one was actually more disappointing because I didn't go into Old Man yeah, yeah. expecting much, just wanted a scary movie. Mm-hmm. The Cellar had all of the elements in place to be scary, but then just fumbled it. Oh. And so both were disappointments, but for different reasons. Um, but yeah, that's that's the first of my kind of horror what you watching. What else you been watching? The other thing I wanted to talk about was this movie called The Strings. Mm. Um, which is this little indie horror film that uh, I think came out pretty, I think it came out this year and it's directed by Ryan Glover. And um, this is about a musician and she is going to her aunt's cabin to like kind of bunker down and like try to focus on her new album that she's working mm-hmm. on. And uh, it's a very slow burn of a movie where it's a lot of just her kind of in the house, like living her life, like working on music. And it's very kind of atmospheric. There's not much dialogue in the film. This is another Shutter flick, correct? Um, yeah. I think it is because yeah, I watched it, it on yep. AMC, I believe. Yeah. And um, it's – but it's also about her. She gets – she meets up with this photographer – to um do a photo shoot and they go to this abandoned house and there's a history to this house that there was a tragedy there Mm -hmm. and so after that she starts kind of out of the corner of her eye seeing things when she's back at her um aunt's cabin working on her music and strange things start happening Mm -hmm. and i will say that there this movie is very low-key but once it starts getting into the haunting, it's very effective. And and it might have just been me who I've been like priming myself by watching all that, like the supernatural shows where people are going ghost hunting. And like, <laughs> I'm actually very like, I get very into ghost hunting shows, even though like right? I know, like I get, it gets under my skin. Even yeah. like there, most of the time it's all explainable. 
in those shows. Still, there's like this like one percent chance that something actually was being seen and it gets under my skin. So I was just in that mode. So maybe this wouldn't affect everyone like it affected me, but I thought it was really well done in the in the way it is showing the haunting aspect of this movie. And especially since it's very low key starting off and it's just a person living their life alone and very little happening. It's, it gets much more intense once that the haunting aspect comes in. And uh, I won't say that it nails it 100%. And it is a slow movie. Um, I, I don't think everyone would like this, but it's worth checking out, I think. Okay. For sure. Yeah. And that one's on, it's like you said, it's on Amazon and um, yeah. And it also hit home for me because I've actually done things like this with friends where we try to like get a house and bunker down and, and, uh, work on music. And the, the actress, um, Tegan Johnson is a, a real singer songwriter. Okay. That was her, cool. her main thing. So she's actually skilled at what she's doing. And you can tell like in the moment in the film, she's recording this. It's not like you can tell it's actually happening. So there's an authenticity to what's That's happening. Cool. That's, uh, I enjoyed that. So the next thing I watched uh, was on Paramount Plus, and it's called Significant Other. And mm-hmm. this has actually been getting some decent buzz. I've I've seen quite a few headlines about this movie. It's just about two hikers in the woods. Uh-huh. Uh, but this is one of those movies we've talked about the woods before, the forest. Yeah. This is the deep forest, and it is something where it's definitely a low-budget film. Yeah. But they have built a solid story mm-hmm. to take place in the woods. It's about this couple that goes out into the woods. And it's it's this remote place in the Pacific Northwest, and some some pretty weird and sinister things, supernatural, alien, something in the that realm. Mm-hmm. Things start to happen, uh, and it's got a bit of a thing vibe with a, a creature that can kind of take the form of other okay. other creatures. Um, it is uh, it stars uh, our friend Mike Monroe from. Uh, the Watcher. Okay. And it follows, and we've raved about her before. And then it's got uh, this this kind of uh, punchable pretty boy named Jake Lacey. Uh-huh. That you might recognize as one of the suits from being uh, the Ricardos. Okay, um, I didn't watch that. Oh, that's the one with, um, I thought you did watch that with no. Nicole Kidman. and I did not. Could have sworn we talked about it. You, you did talk about it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I just haven't seen it. Anywho, uh, (laughs) he is the lesser half of this movie. And this movie takes a very strange turn into horror comedy, Mm -hmm. uh, horror romantic comedy, about halfway through that it was it was really chugging along in the right direction, I think. But it feels like these two actors are in two very different movies. Mm -hmm. They've cast her perfectly for, I think, the movie they're trying to make. Um you can imagine this guy is kind of like Ryan Reynolds with with about 12 Red Bulls in him. <laughs> and so that part of the movie so really— So I would love him. Yeah, yeah I would love definitely. Him. Yeah. That part of the movie really struggled with me. And the whole time I felt like I was watching kind of a low-budget annihilation uh-huh. in, a, in a good way. Yeah. But then this guy kept showing up that was just really uh, pulling me out of it. Um and so it, it it's it's okay, mm-hmm. uh, you know. It's it's free on Paramount Plus if you have Amazon Prime or Paramount Plus. But it just uh, it it could have been a lot better. And that led me in desperation because man, like all my what you watchings are just failing me. Mm. So I ended up uh, back on the menu of Amazon Prime and realized, oh my goodness, Clerks three. 
oh. is up. Uh-huh. And I got very excited. Yeah. And I am 100% sure we will talk about this in a future episode. Okay. So I'm not going to go into this too much, mm-hmm. but I am 44 years old. Uh-huh. And this is about two probably 48-year-olds. Uh-huh. There are multiple heart attacks in this movie. Uh-huh. And so what I went into expecting a delightful time turned into a real existential crisis <laughs> for me. <laughs> um. Clerks 3, unfortunately, all I'll say about it uh, as, as a movie is that it is much more Jay and Silent Bob reboot mm. than it is Clerks 1. Okay. It actually sent me scurrying back to Clerks 1 yeah. with the same questions you've had before of just, is Kevin Smith actually, was he ever a good filmmaker? Uh-huh. And I still stand by Clerks 1. Yeah. It was great, but it feels like two completely different filmmakers to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have it on Amazon. I think you should watch it. Maybe in a future episode we will... Okay. Uh, kind of expand on that more. I don't I don't want to taint you too much, but yeah. I am almost positive. I didn't have much hope. You're gonna low-key hate this. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a lot of cameos and cartoonish characters and it just uh, it it didn't it didn't uh make that successful transition from comedy to drama each time it would have one of those mm-hmm. scenes. And you're dealing with heart attacks, so not a lot of high comedy there. But right. He keeps yeah. trying to force it, which yeah. you know, I guess if you survived a massive heart attack. You find it funny? Yeah. I don't know. It was weird. Uh, so, yeah, that was my kind of uh, hotel stay, if it were. Uh, I watched, Sounds like a roller coaster of a time. Yeah, I watched some other stuff, but I think I'll save them for, for future episodes. Uh, nothing that anybody needs to rush out and see right now. Yeah. I um, actually, stepping back to a previous What You Watching About, mm-hmm. I watched a movie that you had talked about, um, and I think I'm going to call it the wrong name, but that okay. um, I want to keep saying Glory. What was it called? The one with the guy. <laughs> Glorious. <laughs> Glorious. That's what it was. So I watched that movie on your recommendation, and uh-huh. I, I don't think I had as much enthusiasm for it as you did. <laughs> enthusiasm is the wrong word. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I I definitely I'm eager to hear your thoughts on that. I I can see where what you kind of got from it, mm-hmm. but the entire setup of it when it completely abandons the setup of what the whole thing was, I was really disappointed, strangely. Yeah. I wanted it to be the thing it was going to be. Because ah, I think that was like funny, like a funnier, mm-hmm. um, like there, there could have been some built in stakes to that. Like yeah. maybe the whole world is aware of that you're doing this thing. Mm. And so like, but you're going to save the world. Yeah. So you got to do the thing. <laughs> that does sound funnier now um, to say it. But it, it's, I feel like it was a little bit over dramatized. And what does that actor's name? <sighs> Ryan Quatan or... Yeah, I, I just can't get into I, his performances. I don't think he's actually as good an actor as uh, at least the movies that he's in yeah. are able to showcase. Yeah. He, um, again, he was one of the standouts for me on True Blood, which mm-hmm. I generally hated that. I hate watch that show. Yeah. But he was one of the better actors in it. But I've just never seen him kind of hit a part that that makes him seem like a very good actor right. since then. 
Um, yeah, I don't know if that's the fault of him or just the projects he yeah. somehow gets attached to. Um, yeah, I was I was half and a half on the last half of that movie. I was glad they kept committed to it. And it wasn't just some cheesy, oh, he was having some sort of hallucination or mental breakdown or something like that. It, we are dealing with dark gods here. Mm-hmm. But it's, I agree with you, it's turned into heavy drama instead of keeping that that light horror comedy vibe. Yeah, because uh, was it's, to its detriment. what he a- in the end is asking of him is just as nonsensical as the premise setup. Yeah. So it's just like, why don't stick with that and build the stakes of it? And, um, and it can be, it's, it can be a stupid, it's a stupid joke. Yeah. But like, let's commit to the stupid joke. Well, and spoilers here. If yeah. they wanted to go in the direction they went where it's much more violent of an action that he has to take and much more of a sacrifice, keep it in the same region of the body. Yeah. And have that be like, no, not inserting into this hole. You have to cut off and then, you know right. what I mean? Exactly. Like go the full yeah. body horror route and just really make it. Uh, right. You or know, you might not pull it back or something. Yes. Like, yeah. Something they could have accomplished yeah. the same thing they were trying to, exactly. which was the gag of, oh, you, you silly man. You thought it was that. No, you've got to you got to do some cutting. Right. They still could have done that, but uh, kept it in that area because. It it doesn't get much more squeamish for a guy than the thought of of something violent happening uh, down south, so. especially like with his back history that they hint yeah, at that exactly. he was he's not really a great guy who has yeah. done some questionable things in his past with women. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, we have a bunch of horror movies to talk about today, some new, some old. Uh, We are going to hit Phantasm, which Mm -hmm. is quite the little classic uh, in the horror community. We are then going to leap to the future to talk about uh, Halloween Ends, and we're going to talk about Halloween Kills as well. Yeah. Uh, Because I feel like you can't talk about Halloween Ends without talking about kills. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we ever talked about that. Then we're going back in time again to 1989's The Blob. And then we're going to round all of that out with a 2020 horror flick that most of you probably haven't seen called Tesla. And you would not think uh, from the trailer or the poster that this is a horror movie, but I am here to tell you, scary movie, Clint. I think we may have watched different things. No, but no. Because there's a lot of movies under this name. I think I might have picked the wrong one. No, I don't. I, I Cinetron should have been more clear. I think Cinetron was pretty clear. This is the movie with Ethan Hawke. Um, but I, I found it terrifying. But we'll get to that. Let's start with Phantasm. Phantasm hails from the late 80s and is an American horror film series that consists of five films. This mm-hmm. is the first of those films. And uh, my goodness, I, I said the 80s, but it's actually 1979. Okay. So it's yeah. it's one of those films that lead into a decade. Mm. Uh, and it's about the residents of a small town who've begun dying under strange circumstances, leading young Mike, played by Michael Baldwin. Apparently the Baldwin legacy is... Wide. Is he a part of the Baldwin clan? I don't. Yes. We're just going to say he is. Okay. Probably not. Maybe he's Baldwin <laughs> Sr. or uh, Uncle Baldwin. I oh. don't know. Uh, but young Mike uh, decides he's going to investigate after discovering that the tall man, played by Angus Scrim, the town's That's mortician. A good name. It really is. Is killing and reanimating the dead as misshapen zombies. Mike seeks help from his older brother. And others. Clint, uh, what did you think about your trip back in time to 1979's Phantasm? 
Well, I've tried this movie numerous times. Okay. And it's never like I stop for any particular reason. It's more sleepiness. That's usually what <laughs> okay. stops me from watching all of it. Okay. Um, so this was the first time I got through all of it, watched it um, from tip to tail. And uh, that's, that's a very vivid image, tip to tail. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to let you stick with that one. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, and and you brought up the fact that this is this kind of like cult classic of a horror movie. And it's on a lot of lists of best of, you know, the 70s or early, early 80s, whatever. And I'm going to say I don't understand this movie. <laughs> I don't see the appeal yep. to this movie. Mm-hmm. I honestly, deconstructing it as I'm watching it, don't think it's a very good just movie in just how it's presented. It's very disjointed. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a cohesive, singular vision of a film. No, I don't understand any of the motivations of the characters, really. I understand there's these two brothers, but I don't... And then there's this ice cream man friend... (laughs) (laughs) Um, which the relationship gets murky by the end of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't really understand like the motivation of this sinister character Mm -hmm. until the end where they try to like expand on what he's doing. And then that doesn't make sense to me at all. Um, And it tries to make it much bigger than what it's presented as um, at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But I'm just going to say, I I don't get this movie, Ken. And where are you on this? I also don't get this movie. <laughs> okay. I've tried it at different times now. Yeah. It's been quite a while. Yeah. So I was actually looking forward to getting back to this just because it has a big anniversary edition mm-hmm. that, that either just came out or is coming out. And it really has kind of a vocal, a cult, but vocal fan base mm-hmm. that really love this movie and love the series. I have very vivid images of this movie from childhood based on that silver ball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, with the blades. I remember that. I remember a lot of the the eye gouging and this mm-hmm. creepy tall man. But like I said, it's it's been a hot decade since yeah. since I've seen this thing. And so going back to it, it was it was very, very strange to me because I kept waiting to get to the point where I understood where uh-huh. Or what the fan base attaches to. And I just, I don't doubt them. Uh, no, but, yeah. but it feels like one of those movies you watch when you're a kid and it creeps you out as a kid. And so for that crowd, as you grow up, that movie continues to hold a special kind of place mm-hmm. uh, that creeps you personally out. But it just, I, I never felt on edge. I never felt disturbed. I never felt kind of any of the things that that I would expect to to, to feel from this mm-hmm. movie. And it's from director uh, Don Cossarelli, I believe is his name. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, looking at the things he's done, he did The Beastmaster, if oh. you remember that. That was uh, kind of a Conan the Barbarian yeah. ripoff with uh, Animal Control. But I watched that a bunch when I was a kid for some reason. <laughs> but <Control>. then <laughs> <laughs> That would be a better movie, I think. Don't mean. He just, like, goes out and, like, rounds up. No, missing dogs. Not that type of animal control. Like he could, he could but he communicate uses, with animals. Right. He uses his powers to find your cat. It's stuck in a tree. <laughs> Beastmaster 2022 AD. Oh, man. <laughs> I want to see that. Uh, but Don Cassarelli is also responsible for Bubba Hotep. 
oh, okay. uh, which I enjoy. Yeah. And John Dies at the End, which I also yeah, enjoyed. Both like kind that. of low-budget horror comedies. Mm-hmm. So I read that before going into this. And I'm like, oh, maybe this is intended to be a horror comedy. Yeah. But even watching it from a horror comedy direction, I got that same, sometimes I could see that. But for the most part, it was still disjointed. Yeah. And it just didn't... There's a like, and it might, it's just a product of the time. Like, there's some, like, of that 70s acting stiffness. Yeah. That you can, like, especially in, like, if you watch lower budget horror yeah. movies of the time, um, it has that feel to it and never really, like, I don't know, um, elevates above that feeling for me. You can picture the small town community theater where they're doing auditions and they find maybe one or two standouts. They're cast in the lead and then everybody else like, you get a part, here you go. Yeah, yeah. And they they fill in the rest of, uh, you know, the side characters that are needed. Yeah. Also, I feel like kind of like this brother, these brother duo and the ice cream man friend are kind of villains too because they are breaking into this man's um mortuary mortuary like just because they have suspicions that something's going on and it's like of course they're gonna he's gonna attack you if you're breaking into his like his his business but i mean that (laughs) there's there's a leaner simpler film here that's just about that it almost starts as the burbs with these three friends feeling like something's up yeah. and then it turns almost like twin peaks where they get into this mortuary or the shining and it yeah. just gets really surreal and weird and it's run by this this tall man right if they uh, kind of halfway point of this movie was the revelation of like what this man is actually doing yeah. and like how kind of it gets very surreal yeah. um in what is happening that might have been a little bit more fun but i also spoilery kind of moment mm-hmm. I, I mean it's 1979 yeah right? but if you haven't uh, the whole end of this movie where they're hinting that it was all a dream of this boy and that his brother has been dead this entire time i, I didn't i didn't enjoy that yeah yeah no it Again, I'm I'm not trying to dash anybody's nostalgia. Yeah, this one, this it just didn't do it for me. It didn't. Uh, I don't know. And and I do enjoy an old throwback horror, even if I'm watching it for the first time. I can oh, kind of detach modern sensibilities and just enjoy. Oh yeah, I love. I mean, I love movies from this time period, and there's a. I love discovering new ones that I, I haven't seen before. That um, from this time period too that i and this one is just one that like every moment of it is just out of alignment with what i was like after or what i thought it was and uh i don't know Uh, i wish i liked it more than i did especially since it has such this following and uh i mean like jj abrams like oh yeah loves his movie and um i think the version i watched like it was his bad robot production company i guess did a remaster or something of it um but yeah wish i liked it more than i did that was where i was at which brings us from 1979 uh to 1988's the blob and uh i actually texted you 
that I thought you should watch this. Yeah. And the reason being, from our last conversation on our last episode, we had talked about uh, practical effects versus mm-hmm. uh, digital effects and things like that. And I was shocked that you hadn't seen the 88 Blob. That mm-hmm. was one that John had rented way back in the day. Uh-huh. And we watched on a little VHS copy. And I've I've watched ever since because uh, the practical effects in this thing, to me, are just insane. Uh, but this is a remake of a, a very classic black and white movie. It's about a deadly entity from space that crashes near a small town and begins consuming everyone and everything in its path. Panic ensues as shady government scientists try to contain the horrific creature. So, Clint, uh, what do you think of your first visit with uh, 1989's or 88's The Blob? Well, it's one that I hadn't watched because I always, even though I enjoyed this, this kind of movie too, um, like I thought it was always in that realm of like campy fun. Mm-hmm. And so I just, it, it was never one that I thought to put on really. Um, but and I think I probably had more of the 50s version in mm-hmm. mind than, and so I just always assuming that remakes are never, other than like maybe The Fly or yeah. The Thing, or it's very rare that a, a remake is better or lives up to what it was come came before. Especially to audiences of that time period. Right. In the 50s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but honestly, I love this movie. Ah, yes. Like... The effects <laughs> blew me away. Right? I think they're up there with the thing. Yeah. I don't understand why this movie doesn't get talked about more. No, I, there yeah. are incredible practical effects that are still horrifying. Really genuinely horrifying yeah. and are shockingly convincing. Yeah. Uh, at times, they're not always perfect, but no, especially towards the end where they're yeah. it, the larger the blob gets and they're doing the composite, yeah, compositing. But even if, like, I watched the thing again the other night and that has those issues too, yeah. and it doesn't it ruin it, like, it doesn't take it, me out of it too much, but it, it's, it gradually goes up into that, and yeah. So just the style of those practical effects movies, it's it's easier to not be distracted, yeah, by yeah. It. it doesn't, it's just it also makes me think about how they did those effects yeah. and I actually enjoy that thought process and like how in like the ingenuity behind that yeah. and, and that's fun even if I am noticing the the kind of frayed edges of how it's working yeah. but man uh, the effects like especially like the body absorbing Ugh. And just the like the acid nature of it. There's just some really creative moments in this mm-hmm. that I like every time they would do something I was like not expecting where it went. And um, I, I was really enjoyed it. And on, overall, like, I feel the story was very, um, like, competent. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, it, like, took its time developing the characters. And I actually liked the characters of it, even though they are kind of playing with these, like, archetypes of, like, yeah. oh, we got the, the bad boy who's kind of misunderstood. Yeah. And we got the jock who's kind of, like... He's a little bit of a bully because he doesn't understand this like outsider kid. And but it's kind of also fun, like yeah. just seeing because it's like this is the like prototype of that, like because it's so early yeah. on in movie and like in these movies. So you can see a lot of movies that came out of this and kind of reference it. Um, but Honestly, I, 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 this will be a movie that I go back to, and I've, and I've been recommending it to everybody yeah. who hasn't seen it. Um, that like it's definitely worth watching. Yeah. Well, and I think you know when you compare it to its most obvious 
sort of sister movie, The Thing. Yeah. Uh, the Thing is still the superior film. Oh, we are, yeah, it, I for mean, sure. Just from a script and character standpoint, right. performance standpoint, you know, The Thing is is definitely the experience. You're not coming for the creature. Yeah. Uh, you might come for the creature, but what keeps you there is these believable characters and mm-hmm. really the underlying am I talking to somebody I think I'm right. talking to yeah. or is this person the enemy? That's a really effective uh, kind of complete package. Yeah. The blob you're definitely coming to more as a FX feature. Yeah. But again, just watching this thing, even now I get distracted at times watching it where I'm just trying to figure out how did they do that? Mm-hmm. And it's rare that I go back to an old movie and have that many mysteries about You'll you'll see this blob pulling back in sheets across people in layers of them coming off. Yeah, and it looks so convincing. I know. Uh, and and you can see the actor underneath performing mm-hmm. and and emoting and still having reactions to what's happening to them. And it just it's 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 wild uh, the the number of different visuals they kind of pack into it because it's not a one trick pony. No, no, it's, it's not like they keep every time. repeating the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like the thing, it's it's always something different, mm-hmm. and you can really tell the FX crew is just having a blast coming up with the next weird thing that people aren't going to know how they did it. Yeah, like the scene where um, the woman's in the phone booth and it's like going over top of it, and then it just smashes in, and uh, that was really cool. It actually has a very thing moment where because I I I watched the thing again with my friend Matt, who mm-hmm. he had never seen the thing. Really? And I was just like, you've never seen the thing. So I was like, I'm coming over. We're going to watch the thing. because <laughs> I'll be right there. Yeah, I, I've been like begging him for like the last two weeks. like, when do you want to watch the thing? Mm-hmm. When do you want to watch it? And, um, and it was really cool seeing that like all the things that we love about that movie like still – um, had that uh, like played and like he, he could he followed the the whole underlying current of like or we're, we're trying to figure out like who can I trust I can't trust you um, and just like appreciating the effects and everything there's a lot of that movie just it's one of the perfect movies I think yeah that but, scene in the thing not to sidetrack but where they're passing around the petri dishes oh yeah that whole thing so tense uh, it just masterful. But, but, yeah. but anyway, why why I brought that up again is there's a very like similar moment in the thing where the guy <laughs> like gets taken by the monster and it's like digesting him down and the legs are flying around. And this has like the sink scene yeah. where he's getting sucked down the sink. It's like yeah. kind of a sillier version, but yeah. still equally as fun. Yeah. Um, and but if you don't think a human body can go down a drain, <laughs> you're wrong. No, you're wrong. But I love that last little foot. Yeah, yeah. Just shoe and all yeah but i thought this had some like nice twists too yeah. like like i like the like um the scientists who end up being behind it and like especially the main scientist who's very convincing as this sweet man who is very concerned about what's happening yeah. but then he has this turn of like no he's behind it and he's just like looking after the interest of his um his his team of scientists and their their mission and what they've been trying to accomplish. Yeah. Um, so there were some believe like very believable moments in it. And um, but yeah, I I, I was I really liked it. 
And I'm, I was like, man, I'm so glad Ken recommended this one. Sorry, because the last couple of recommendations have just <laughs> not gone my way. So I'm I'm very, very happy to hear that. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't bullet train is what you're saying. It, yeah, it was no glorious. Okay. Yeah, but. <laughs> that wasn't quite a recommendation. <laughs> it was more of a, I want to see what you think. Okay. Don't, don't put words in my head. So that brings us to... Uh, the latest uh, entry in the Halloween franchise. Now, the Halloween franchise started in 1978 with a lean little slasher from mm-hmm. John Carpenter. <clears throat> excuse me, John Carpenter. And, uh, you know, here we are 20 plus, or excuse me, 30 plus years later mm. with Halloween. No. Oh, my goodness. Is it like 40 years? 50? 50 years? That can't be 50. 40. Man, math is failing me. 40. 40. Okay. About 45, actually. This is this is almost the 45th anniversary of the original Halloween. My goodness. Wild. Uh, but it it started, this whole thing started, this lean little slasher uh, from John Carpenter. And it's just been a franchise that will not die, mm-hmm. much like its its titular character. And um it it's it's has I guess it you know, come to this latest trilogy. Mm-hmm. There was Halloween, then Halloween Kills, and now Halloween Ends. Halloween Kills came out last year uh, after some pandemic delays, and then Halloween Ends came out this year. Halloween Kills uh, basically is Michael Myers versus a town. <laughs> Every character in a town. Everybody in a town. And then Halloween Ends, you would think would start immediately after the last shot of Halloween Kills because he's on a rampage. Mm -hmm. Why would it start? Why would it stop? I don't know. These are things that this movie is not interested in telling (laughs) us because Halloween in says, you know what? He just stopped. He just stopped and went away for a little while. And nobody knows where or why, but it's been four years. Mm -hmm. And immediately from the beginning of this movie, no, let me correct that. This movie opens with a great scene, I think of a babysitter and a kid. It's a very cool throwback scene. Uh, and so Halloween Ends had me for for about three minutes. Yeah. Like, oh, where's this going? This is interesting. Oh, I see the tragedy here. You know, Michael actually didn't get this kid. It was just the fear of Michael. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to go back to where kills ended. And then Ends is like, no, <laughs> it's been four years. And I'm like, What? What do you mean it's been four years? He just slaughtered half a block of people. And now, anyway, Clint, Yeah, Halloween Ends has quite the plot. I think it's safe to say we should just put a giant spoiler warning over all of this. Yes, please. Because everything in this movie is a spoiler, mm-hmm. and there's nothing I have to say that is not going to reference spoilery territory for this movie. Yeah. So, Clint— First of all, this was your first time seeing Kills. I watched it last year. Yeah. What did you think of Kills? Well, and then what did you think of Ends? Let's, let's talk about them as one. Yeah, yeah. Well, initially I like was – you told me to just watch the last 30 minutes of Kills. But like I knew I wasn't going to get myself to do that. I was like I'm just going to like take the bullet, watch this thing. I didn't have – like, I didn't really know anything about it. I didn't know what anybody was saying about it. I had watched the first of this new trilogy when it came out mm-hmm. and thought it was okay. Like, it wasn't the worst of, like, one of these modern reboots of a thing. I like that they were actually – they kind of retconned and, like, got rid of all the other movies except yeah, for they, the original one, right? I 
did they keep the? I think they kept the second one too. Did they t- keep that? Yeah, one too? I think they keep Halloween one and two, and then get rid of season of the witch onward. Okay. So I like that they were kind of like streamlining it a bit and just getting it back to the main characters and like, and the main um, just premise of what they had set up and sim- like simplifying it. And I thought it was okay. Um, it had its problems, and I remember walking away just like, eh, whatever. So kills. I thought, okay, how they how can you screw this up? You you set it up. It's it's happening immediately after the first yeah. movie. So oh, you're making like a three film giant mega movie. Yeah, yeah. And this is a very simple story. Very simple. It's just this slasher going around killing people. You don't want him to kill people. So this one just decides, let's make every single character in this town a main character and have, like, just devote large portions of time to all these people you don't know, you don't care about, and then let's just, like, jump around from each one and never know why we're even with these characters, other than we're just trying to show this collective experience of this town and how they fear this villain. This very, very, just just amazingly homicidal town. Yeah. Can we, can we just right. put that out there? All these people are just instantly capable of murder. Yeah. Instantly. Instantly. From fear. Or from just being angry that he he's killed some people and hasn't been caught. I guess firefighters were the last straw, <laughs> which is, man, what a scene. But anyway. I can understand if you want to stick with, like, I mean, even these characters that, like, you're not familiar with in, until this film and they're trying to make you care about them. Like, the ones that had survived him mm-hmm. in the original movie. And, like, even though, okay— um, we were never told that they were actually important to this whole thing. Like, okay, they want to have some kind of cathartic, like, killing of yeah. this thing. But then, like, they eat so, like, on a dime, this turn this whole town into this mob. And I don't know if they were trying to make some kind of commentary on, like, the January 6th, like, situation. Like, how easily you can get, a, like, this crowd into this fury. Like, um, but... I don't know if that was the goal, but man, it just felt heavy handed and like, and it just wasn't deserved that like, so they, they turned so easily into this riotous mob. I don't know. It was, I, inside of Halloween kills, there's a movie I think I would have liked. Yeah. I think what they were trying to do is take this, this character of Michael Myers and personify evil in him and turn it supernatural. Yeah. I think that's pretty obvious by the end. Right. But there's a version of this film where this same entity of evil that's maybe possessing or funneling its its will through Michael Myers yeah. is also affecting the town, its style. Right, right. Where where it's – you're getting this feeling of this, this entity or this supernatural event that is causing people – to turn violent. I think there's possibly an interesting movie there. Yeah. Between, you know, almost the sort of, um, oh, what was the, the series on Netflix that we watched with the, the vampire? Um, uh, huh. almost like how they did that there, where it was about religious fervor Yeah, and how far will religious fervor goes when it really believes something and can evil turn religious fervor into something evil. Mm -hmm. I think there's something 
in the the bare bones version of Halloween Kills that wanted to be that. Yeah, but it's stretched so thin with oh, trying to give all these yeah. characters these moments making you like them, but it feels so forced. Yeah. And especially when like you have this first movie that this one's supposed to take up right afterwards and um like it completely like sidelines all our characters we just spent the last movie with and like the all of the series with oh. in, the, in the early films and like she's just hurt in a hospital bed and um believing that she had killed um Michael and then is revealed that okay you didn't actually succeed but there's just like things in this movie where <laughs> I was just like completely baffled like with like why in this hospital <laughs> is there the morgues just in the middle of the hospital kind yep. of like the newborn like nursery where you can go see the baby <laughs> <laughs> but like no you can l- walk by and then like witness oh no my loved one is dead yep, yep there's my brother well, oh, and then you can have a moment where you're supposed to care about this woman that you don't know at all yep. Yep. um crying over her uh lost one, loved one yep. Um, I like the idea of those being neighboring wards. So, <laughs> like <laughs> right, right off camera, like just a door separate, like <laughs> yeah, a wall separating. Not them. even a door, yeah. just a little post yeah. before the next window where there's parents really excited looking at their, their or babies. one of those like um, curtain screens. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, Halloween Kills. People love this movie. Uh, I don't get it. I I think people who love this movie are ones who just. Love the idea of a slasher body count. This one definitely gives you a slasher body count, but I think everything in between is so inane that it it doesn't make uh, the the slasher moments tense, doesn't make them scary, doesn't make them... Can we talk about the fireman scene? Sure. So Michael... He is he's alive and he, sure. he and Surprise. he he's in this house burning and the firemen come to put the fire out and then they encounter this uh this evil being that they're going to have to uh um try to survive mm-hmm. or try to fight. Side note, do you know what firefighters don't do when a house is engulfed in flame? What's that? Go inside. <laughs> Go on, Clint. <laughs> They do if they think there is a survivor that they desperately have to get to. I guess. No, but I, I if know. you see that survivor as a hulking 300-pound <laughs> male laying a floor down, you don't stand there and stare at him. And offer your hand? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Michael gets out of this house and he's walking slow motion style with a house burning behind him. It's so cool Hollywood moment. Mm-hmm. And um, such a cool Hollywood moment. And he's walking down and the firemen know all of a sudden, okay, we got to we got to step it up now. We're going to take this guy down. Um, they th- can see him for the evil he is. So you got a man in front. <laughs> then like, a, a, and he's just standing there. He's like, he's ready. And then you got a guy with an axe, guy with like a pickaxe. You got the guy with like the buzzsaw thing that you go use to like cut, cut into a car door. Zero sense why this guy has the jaws of life there. Yeah. But yeah. First man to encounter him <laughs> with the hose. <laughs> Sprays him with the power of a garden hose. Yep. It's not even firemen like pressure level like a hose. It just like comically like splatters off of Michael. Yeah. Doesn't even make him miss a step. No, no, no. So then it goes where you think it's going to go and he just like annihilates all these firemen and like, uh, like 
quick succession. Quick succession, gorier with each after one. The yeah. other, often with their own weapons. Yes. All, yeah, always with their own weapons. And but it's just <laughs> it's a ridiculous scene. Yeah. 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 So that brings us to Halloween <laughs> ends. Again, you would think it picks up right away. Four years later. I cannot emphasize yeah. this movie lost me right from the jump at four years later. Where's Michael Ben? That makes no sense. He has this bloodlust uh, kind of vengeance vendetta against Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie Strode. But then he's just going to go into what we come to find out. Spoiler, hibernation? Especially, Sewer hibernation? Especially with how Kills ends where like he he's – it's kind of like very implied that he's this supernatural being who yeah. kind of like – gets power from the kills yeah. and is rejuvenated by yeah. it. And by the end of that movie, he's like kind of back to full power. Full like amped his up. His battery is full with yep. kills and evil. Yep. And so then this one jumps ahead four years and yeah. yeah, he's in the sewer, like at the lowest point he's ever been. So I read yeah. a interview with the director and I'm paraphrasing, uh-huh. but he was asked about this. Why the four-year time jump? Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, his answer is, uh, well, we realized that we had stabbed Laurie Strode in the gut a couple of times. Uh Uh-huh. And it wouldn't make any sense that she is now able to go toe-to-toe with Michael Myers because she's got stomach wounds. Yeah. So, wrote ourselves into a corner, wrote ourselves out of a corner by saying four years later. What? That's... That's your point of, of of unbelievability is, oh, the woman that has to go up against him has been stabbed in the stomach, so she couldn't do that. That's not realistic. But our supernatural killing machine right. going dormant for four years makes way more sense and gets us out of this problem. Yeah, it's kind of like you painted yourself into kills, too. Yeah. Because that's, like, the whole premise of that movie is, like, she can't do it. So it's like, oh, yeah, I guess we can't do another thing for a whole another movie because we did this stupid thing. I would have even been okay if it was some stupid thing about, like, he was born on Halloween and he goes dormant as soon as Halloween's over. Right. And so he had to go into hibernation for a year. And now he's coming back out on Halloween. And now he really is a super – I even would have gone as far as that one. I still would have thought it was stupid, but I'd be like – all right, I'll go with you. Yeah. Four years. And then uh, we try to create this main killer character now out of Corey, uh-huh. who is just so bereft that he accidentally killed a kid that he's going to switch from accidental killing to, you know what? I think I'm just ready to kill some folk. Yeah. And then he wanders down into the sewer. Mm-hmm. Michael Myers, he finds him. Michael Myers kills somebody he's with and then grabs him, and they have this intense... <laughs> intense mind meld like spock level yeah mind meld yeah where where they are just they are connected through the evil they are and michael for the first time in his existence sees a companion clint mm-hmm. a com- it's a romance he's like i love this kid Corey. i think this kid is like he's my son he's my son i never had I, i've never had a son i can only imagine this is what's happening the movie doesn't tell us the movie just instantly makes Corey progressively eviler especially with how they present this kid as this kid who accidentally did this thing. He doesn't really have a mean bone in his body. He seems like a sweet guy, honestly, like who was just trying to pick up the pieces of his life after this incident. And then he starts getting bullied. And bullying does weird things to a mind. 
by a group of these teens. <laughs> and this guy, like, he's supposed to be like 21. Yeah. He looks like a 35-year-old yeah, man does. being bullied by these, like, 19-year-olds. And so it comes off as comical to me more than, like, actual. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, get, okay, just walk away from these kids. But anyway, the turn of it, like, that he takes from, like, he seems like a sweet guy. He's forming this relationship with um, Lori's granddaughter. And whose mother was killed by a homicidal maniac, yeah. but yet is somehow weirdly attracted to somebody who's clearly becoming more and more of a homicidal maniac. Not triggering her trauma at all. I can see it at the beginning, like that working. I get that part. But then, like how he progresses, and like yeah. he starts becoming this bad boy, almost to the stereotype of like in the Blob, yeah, where he's gone yeah. on a motorcycle and he's wearing a leather jacket all of a sudden, <laughs> like when he was kind of this dorky guy who yeah. wanted to be yeah. a engineer. Um, but like, yeah, she has no like she doesn't see the red flags of this at all and almost really embraces like, oh, we gotta, we gotta like rebel against this. We're both it's just me and you now. Let's skip this town. Let's skip this town. Let's run off like, into the sunset, Johnny. They say literally, let's burn it all down. <laughs> and it's like, what does that even mean? Like to her, it means like let's leave. And to yeah. him, it's like we're gonna oh, go on a oh, killing we're spree. Killing people? Cool. Another anyway, another point I wanted to make from from kills to this. Kills takes the drastic. Um, let's make everyone into the town a character, way too many characters to this, like goes to like, let's just focus on like hyper focus on one character that you have no like connection outside of any other movie. And like, let's, okay, we're going to like pay attention to this guy the entire time. And that we're saying this is the last one of these. Mm -hmm. And then let's not pay attention barely at all to our main character until the end of this movie. Unless, I, I will argue with you a bit, unless it's a five-minute scene of conversation that goes nowhere and means nothing. Yes, exactly. Okay. Just yeah. wanted to make sure we were pointing out that Jamie Lee Curtis does a, a lot of dialogue in this movie, none of which matters. No. Okay. No, it doesn't matter at all. It's Stop, always about... Don't go. He's dangerous. <laughs> don't go. He's dangerous. He's dangerous. Don't go. But also how she finds <laughs> out that he's dangerous because she was all on board with this guy yeah. because she yeah. was trying to she give... She set him, him up. She set him up. Mm -hmm. She was trying to give this kid who's had a hard time and had a hard break, like, she saw something in him, like, because mm -hmm. she's kind of experiencing the same thing, like, in the way they... <sighs> but then she saw him on the street corner staring at her window. <laughs> Just like Michael Myers did all she those didn't. years ago. She didn't. The was it the girl? No, the father of the boy he killed saw him because he oh, pulled up beside yeah. him. And he That's was like, right. and he wanted to like give him like a moment of like, I, I, I'm, I, I know it was a mistake. I know it was a mistake. Yeah. I'm going to forgive you. But then how he looked at him. I saw something in his eyes. That was all <laughs> she needed to hear. Yep. To turn on a, like, yep. just say, oh, oh. You're right. There is something yeah. there. Yeah. It can I can I talk about my favorite sequence in this movie? Yeah, I'm sorry. And I'm by sorry. no, that's okay. By yeah. favorite, I mean, wow. Yeah. This happened on screen. Uh -huh. So these bullies pursue Corey to a junkyard. Uh-huh. And they're trying to find Corey. Mm -hmm. And they chain up his bike and they're like, we're gonna damage his bike. <laughs> and Corey apparently by this time has gotten in a large uh tow, tow truck. truck. And he begins uh, accelerating towards these teens. Uh -huh. Now, these teens 
uh, are in a row of cars. Yeah. So there's nowhere for this truck to go other than forward. Yeah. And I swear that the two girls just run straight. Yep. Not only do they run straight, they decide they're going to climb a gate. Not only do they decide they're going to climb a gate, but the one girl, instead of immediately ducking off to the side because she knows the truck's coming right for that gate, yeah. stands there and has a protracted, ah! Yeah. Not only that, <laughs> but then after that girl gets run over by this truck and is stuck under this gate that has now fallen on her and the truck stopped on top of it, the other girl... Yep. Forgetting somehow There's that a killer. the man, the killer who just mowed them down, is still in the truck. Yep. Runs back over and has a friend moment where she's like, I'll get you out. How are you kidding me? <laughs> I would be six blocks away before that gate even hit the ground. Yep. And this girl's it was it was such a stupid sequence yep. that even even from just the blocking of it, how anybody on this set thought that this was a scene that made any sense and that was cool in any way, it, it just it, it boggles the mind. I can understand if like it's the cars are packed in so close that there's no pl- like walls of sure. car where they sure. like they can't go anywhere. There's no aisles. There's, there's no, no yeah 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 that they're forced towards yeah. this gate. But there's none of that. No. There's clearly like. Plenty of places that they could have gone to get out of the way of this truck. Climb on a hood. Yep. Let your other dumb friend lead the truck to the gate. And then when the gate's down, go running out and be like, see ya. Yep. Oh, Clint. And and that's not even the worst of this film. I just, here's here's my take on Halloween ends. Wait, can I say real quick? Sure. I'm sorry. No, you're good. The scene, then Michael Myers and him are teamed up killing though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like father, going, son. They're father and son going they're out. They're not like, actual father son, by the no. way. They're just a mind melded father and son. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. It's a deeper connection than the real father. Sure, evil knows evil. Yeah. So then, yeah, they're at, they're like actively out killing together, and he's trying to help, which is implied from the other film, like get him his supernatural kill powers back. And then that he lost somehow, somehow in the last four years, even though he's been killing homeless people in the sewer. Yeah. Sure. Maybe he's been in the sewer killing rats and they don't like give you that power. Like interview with the vampire yeah, style. Yeah. Just like, oh, not as, yeah, it's not as sustainable. You're not going to charge up. Yeah. You're just going to stay alive if you keep eating rats. Yeah. I mean, should have grabbed that homeless man who lives outside the, the. I forgot there is that shot where it shows that he's been <laughs> killing rats. Right. You're right. <laughs> I totally forgot that little pan shot. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Anyway, sorry. You give, give your final thoughts. No, I, no, no. Um, I. Just, I my final thought is I don't understand why this movie exists. It's not just that I don't understand why it's plotted this way, but you get a three-picture deal. Mm-hmm. And your whole dream is you are going to give older Laurie Strode and you are going to pick up from Halloween 1 and 2. You're going to wipe out all these sequels. That's ambitious and it's bold and I respect it. You must have – yeah. A three-part mm-hmm. story to end all three-part stories where you really want to reinvent this, uh, you know, what's what's essentially this creature slasher. Uh, it's a very that's, simple that's story. has been around forever. Yeah. You must really have a big plan here. And even if I go out on a limb and say Halloween Kills is amazing, which yeah. it is not. Mm-hmm. But even if I say that was successful and now Michael Myers is the supernatural entity and it this this is a film series about evil incarnate. 
that third movie doesn't tell that story. No. None of this. It it actually, in a weird way, tracks uh, right along with, uh, in, in its intentions, with the new Star Wars trilogy, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, here's our reinvention that has lots of heavy callbacks to the to the originals. Yeah. And then the second film is, oh, we are upping the Andy, and we're doing crazy things and really amplifying the force, the supernatural yeah, yeah. things. And then uh, we don't really know how to end it, so we're just <laughs> going to throw some stuff together, and I guess the bad guy dies at the end mm-hmm. because lightning and or slash grinder. <laughs> it... Uh, if you really even even by this movie's own rules, if this person is evil incarnate and you're dealing with a supernatural force of nature, what in the world does throwing his body in a grinder do? Yeah, and that and then they're trying to tie it back to like there's moments tied back to kills where they're yeah. bringing up these characters that we had they had introduced in the previous one that you really have no connection to that. But now in this one, we're we're supposed to that, like the woman who confronts Lori at the grocery store uh, about, um, Oh, like it's, they keep blaming her for this, which is like, I did. I kept every time they would do that and like saying like, Oh, because of you, like this happened. It's like, it's not her fault. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and, um, and the whole, yeah, the whole end where we're, we're, we're bringing the town back together for this procession, a dark procession, and we're going to take him to the, the junkyard to grind him up. And it's trying to give more weight to the to kills and like that actually has this cathartic payoff, but it really just feels kind of gross yeah. and dark. Like, it, yeah. There's a version of this movie, you open with Corey and he accidentally kills this kid fast forward a little bit nobody's known where michael myers is okay i'll go with that yeah he finds his body in the sewer and it's all rotting and stuff you don't get an explanation for it he just takes the mask but there's something about taking the mask that starts to twist him yeah and then it's just the mask passing and it's oh this there there is something evil and even after they grind a body or destroy the mask or whatever you get your happy ending. All of a sudden, people's throats are just being slit by an invisible. I don't know. Uh, you know, go hard, supernatural. Would like it have a bunch still of, been? A bunch of junk comes together into like sure, a yeah. sure. Would it have still been stupid? Absolutely. Yeah. Would it have been better than this? Yes. Because here is the thing I want to end with. Uh, not only is this movie bad, it's boring. Yeah, it's very boring. It's so boring for. An hour and 15 minutes. This movie barely has any kills in it. No, no. And it, it just, it's a lot of brooding, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, just conversations. And and again, not deep, meaningful conversations, just no. really cliche family drama conversations. And then you get, I think, what audiences were wanting for maybe a half an hour. Also, like going back to what you were saying about is like you get to make this three picture deal about this story that you have been dying to do, bringing back this iconic series in the way you think it should be. And then you spend two movies not even paying attention to the main character that like you got to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's like her arc in these last two movies is like nothing. I mean, she's, literally in the second movie, she's just stabbed and out of the movie yeah. for 70% And then this of the one, then she like, she gets her like moment at the end of this movie, but yeah. the rest of the time it's just her caring about like this kid that she, her granddaughter is seeing. Like, 
like I would have loved, like I would have rather seen the storyline in this where she's like starting to see um, the cop character. Yeah. Like yeah. I thought those moments were kind of nice and like, especially yeah. like this older couple, like coming, like realizing that there's something between them after all these years that, that could have been like, let's tell, like, let's give her her last movie. Yeah. Why are we talking about Corey? Nobody cares about Corey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think we've spent entirely too much time <laughs> talking about a movie that was just this. This seriously is one of the worst movies I've seen. This is up there with The Predator. This is up there with uh, uh, there's there's been some other ones this year where I've I've or last year where I've just been like, why, why did this get any money uh, to the screen under than other than contractual obligations because they were in a three picture deal. That's yeah. what it feels like. This is what we wrote, so this is what we're going to do. It felt like one of those, like it would have been a, one of the middle movies of like one of these long series, mm-hmm. like where it's like, ah, eh, that one's kind of a throwaway, and then they somebody makes an, another one that like kind of reinvigorates the um, the series. Yeah. Um, I I can't tell if like since I watched them back to back, I think Kills is worse. If I had to at gunpoint watch one of these movies again, yeah, I would want to watch Kills because it at least moves fast. Yeah, that's but true. I but I agree with you that ends ends has more that holds up, I guess, or is more interesting. It or, feels a little like it's not good in what it does, but it feels a little bit more focused. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I mean, it's it's by hair that I think that. Yeah. Like, I, I think ends fails in its execution more than kills kills fails in its concept more than ends does Mm. but yeah by a hair yeah so that brings us to our last horror movie 2020's tesla and this is from director michael almereda and it is about visionary inventor nikola tesla who fights an uphill battle to bring his revolutionary revolutionary (laughs) electrical system to fruition but Faces thornier challenges with his new system for worldwide wireless energy. Clint, this stars Ethan Hawke and Eve Hewson, Ian Lithgow, who must be the son of John Lithgow from that I chin. I think he must be. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. He looks just like nose down, just or like something. his dad. Uh, but but mainly Ethan Hawke, I suppose. Because Jim Gaffigan. It, it does. Yeah. It does. Uh, Clint, what did you think of Tesla. Um, this was our Sinatron. This pick, was our by Sinatron pick, and yeah. you had some grumbles about this. You're like, I, I was trying. I you were trying not to watch this movie. I, I am a, like super interested in like Tesla and that time period of mm-hmm. like um, technology and like that whole. I just love that idea, like, that time period in that like. It's a very like watershed moment in history where like you're going from like no electricity, like you're living by candlelight to the world kind of like being reborn in this way mm-hmm. of, of this new technology. It's go, like, it's, it seems exciting to me. Um, just all this in- innovation happening all at once. It feels kind of like in this time period where like in the digital age, but in, in that like electromechanical mm-hmm. age of like, um, it's very interesting to me. So I was interested. I like Ethan Hawke a lot. I thought it had a really a good cast of characters, and um, Kyle McLaughlin is. Um, I always love him, but um, 
I didn't have much hope for this. I didn't really know anything about it going in and just thought like, well, these biopics are usually kind of generic and like only touch like they're going to try to cram in like the entire experience of this person from the, when they're born and, until the, their death. But like honestly, I like this movie. Okay. I I thought it did some really innovative, creative things with um, like it had this kind of. It, you can tell it, it might have been slightly like we're trying to put most of our budget into um, getting these good actors to play these roles, but they do some really creative things with just like the setting. Like, cause it's almost on these stages and they do this rear projection kind of almost like 1950s, um, like musical style where it feels like kind of like Oklahoma where you're, they're on these like sets, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I wasn't expecting that all. And there's at all, and there's some really, um, fun, like modern touches to it that I feel like in other movies kind of take me out of it. But in this, I feel like they use it to make a point of how much this man has had an influence on our modern life and like the, in the things that we would not have without him. And like that maybe even at the time you like, nobody saw this, but just how much of a hand he had in, in, in our, our reality that we live in. Um, and I thought it was well acted for what it was. And I liked that it was focused on a specific time period in his life. And they did a really interesting, like, how they did backstory on him was it was narrated. And but in this modern way, I, I don't know, I, I don't think it's a perfect film. And I think it has its, its flaws. And it was almost reaching too much. Mm-hmm. Like if it was maybe if it was done as a series and they really could have flushed out, like it was like each episode was this different time period in his mm-hmm. life and they were doing it in this style. Or if it had like another half hour or something, like I think the later, the last half of this movie could have been flushed out a little bit more. I think the first half was a little stronger, but um, honestly, I was surprised by it. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Did we see different movies? No, okay. I, I am surprised that you didn't talk about the horror elements in this movie. Um, because, I think we saw different movies. No, we definitely didn't. This is Tesla with Ethan Hawke and Kyle MacLachlan and Jim Gaffigan. It, it was yeah, it was yeah. on Hulu, and I I just uh, I know I didn't want to watch this movie. Yeah. Um. But but I was I, I was weirdly surprised. It was sort of like Phantasm, where I felt it was very disjointed, and uh, I mean. My first problem came up when uh, you really have this this the idea of the war between alternating current and direct current as technology is coming about, uh-huh. and I was good with that and I was all about that until like the alternating current, uh, you know, ripped a space time whole thing, uh, and Irish banshees come out of it, hmm. and then direct current releases these Welsh wraiths, and suddenly I feel like we're having some backdoor uh, underworld sequel, and you got Kyle McLaughlin. Lachlan half winking at the camera saying things like that's good cherry pie. Uh, it just, it, it really, I don't know. Continue. Okay. okay. Uh, and then Edison, you bring in Edison and we've got this weird body horror angle and, uh, you know, he's slowly, uh, you know, fly Jeff Goldblum style turning into this, uh, this weird creature that, that has some sort of, uh, you know, uh, vindictive streak. Uh, it, it just, it just, 
I don't I don't know. It felt too modern. It felt too uh, hopping from one foot to the other. And and by the end of it, I was confused. And I was just like, you know what? I'm I'm glad I didn't uh, have a series for this movie because what a weird movie. What a weird blend of horror and sci-fi and biopic. And it just didn't sit well with me, Clint. Sorry. I mean, what I saw was a pr- like pretty straight bio drama about the this character. I I didn't really remember anything about body horror. Nobody well, like, transformed into a dog. Nick man. Offerman shows up, and Nick Offerman's yeah. got like an an orange hair dye thing going on, and it like clearly, ah, uh, okay, we're we're taking some stabs at Trump, and we're you know doing these <laughs> overarching. Kind of, uh, oh, let's talk about modern times through the lens of history. Mm-hmm. That was distracting, uh, you know, especially people start putting on red hats. I'm like, oh, come on, guys. Okay, I'm, you know, not down with this either. But really, does this belong in a movie based in this time period? And it just, uh, I, I half waited for, uh, you know, Michael Myers to pop up. Hey, how's it going? Uh, let's just Halloween Tesla this thing. And it just, it never grabbed me. It never got me. I never got what they were doing. It, uh, it, I didn't watch this movie, Clint. I ran out of time. <laughs> oh. You just assumed it was a horror movie though? Cause we've talked I about did. other horror I movies. I just assumed it was a horror movie. Truth time. I, uh, it, Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the closest thing to what you're describing, there are some moments of like some practical effects to, to to show some inventions that kind of look like something from the thing or like, but I, so there what you're telling me is I nailed transfer- it. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> I have no idea about Tesla. I honestly, this is the first time I've ever skipped a Sinatron movie. I, I didn't want to watch it. I don't want to watch it. You've never heard of Tesla? I heard of him. Not even the car? I just didn't want to watch this movie, Clint. Okay. And it wasn't a horror movie. And I was busy watching horror movies. So I did watch this other horror movie. Uh, and it is, it's got Guy Pierce. I didn't talk about this and what you watching. Uh, it had a real Stephen King vibe. And I wasn't sure if you had seen anything with it. Uh, but it was called The Infernal Machine. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah. It's, it was really good for about 75% of it. Yeah. This is the movie I watched instead of Tesla. <laughs> it was really good for about 75, 80% of it. I really felt like they were going in a supernatural direction. I'm, I'm enjoying this author being taunted by things. Uh, you know, somebody keeps knowing about his life and writing to him and yeah. all this. Uh, but it, it kind of fell off at the end. But I still think that that movie was, was better than Tesla. Hmm. Okay. Without having watched Tesla. Well, I don't know if you can claim that. I don't know. I'm not trying to be defiant. I seriously ran out of time. <laughs> I just could not work up the the will to uh, to watch a, another historical biopic after Aeronauts. Oh, it's so it's a hundred percent better than Aeronauts. Oh, this is see now you're making me feel guilty. It's this unexpected this like it terrible. does unexpected things. I was actually legitimately surprised by the things that they did in it. And uh I don't know. I, I I enjoyed it. All right. So if I'm tracking correctly, Phantasm, Clint and I didn't quite get it. But if you love it, good for you. There's a new edition either out there or coming. It's got a great remaster. Enjoy that. Uh, the Blob from 1988. Definitely check that one out. Uh, if you thought that the thing was kind of the pinnacle of practical effects in the 80s, check out The Blob because The Blob, at least from that direction, 
gives the thing a nice run for its money. The thing's still a better movie. Uh, then that brought us to Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. No love for Halloween Kills. I think even less for Ends, although we were hair split on which is better. But uh, honestly, like choosing between uh, two pieces of rotten fruit. And then Tesla, which Clint really enjoyed. I tried to fake my way through and did not succeed. (laughs) I saw straight through what you were trying to do. I I could feel it. I was really trying to – I thought more details would sell the lie and make you question what you had watched, but clearly that wasn't happening. So, all right, let's see what Cinetron has for us this week. up ken and i think i got one is this another historical biopic (laughs) no i'm gonna spare you that this (laughs) week um this one i don't know if you've seen this or not but it might be fun okay it has relatively good rotten tomato score okay um it's a little movie called sputnik Oh, from 2020 yeah uh i have not watched this but i've been interested in this um I think it's like Russian. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's like an alt history kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Summoned to a secluded research facility at the height of the Cold War, a controversial young doctor examines a cosmonaut who may or may not have returned to Earth alone. I like it. I like it. Classic story, hopefully told well, and, and we'll see what it... I, I like this pick. Yeah. This is a much more intriguing pick. How do we not have this pick this week? <laughs> That sounds very horror-y. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we had you to watch can, Tesla. as always, find us at www.cinebabblecast.com. You can also find us at Cinebabble on Instagram. Send us some questions. Uh, more than happy to take them and answer them at some point. And then uh, also leave us a review. If you'd like to leave us a review, that just uh, helps people to find us a little easier on especially Apple. Uh, podcasts mm-hmm. and uh, and like I said, it's always a, a help. We're actually going to be back uh, a little later this week with a special kind of uh, TV episode devoted to all kinds of TV shows uh, that some of which have wrapped up. We'll have our love letters to Andor. We will talk about Rings of Power. We're going to talk about uh, House of the Dragon and both of their finales, uh, which one pulled it off better. And uh, we get, we got some other TV goodness to talk about. Mm-hmm. So uh, you'll see that popping up later in the week. Otherwise, uh, we will see you again with episode 65. That will be after Halloween. So I'm not sure. There's not that many Thanksgiving movies. But uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll find... find all of them and just talk about them. Yeah, we'll <laughs> find some good stuff to talk about. So Check as out always, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, yeah. which I'm checking out tonight because I've never heard Australian of Rock. Now I'm very excited. All right. So, Clint, you have yourself a good one. See you again. And we'll talk TV here soon. Sounds great. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.